Hey, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today, we are discussing the ancient internet. We're talking Ken has cheeseburger memes. We're talking GeoCities. We are talking LimeWire. Let's get into it. Hey, Steven. Hi, Laura. How are you this fine day? I'm doing amazing. Fantastic. You Fabulous. look fantastic. Thank you. So do you. Thank you. Yeah, you're glowing. Did you do something with your hair, with your with your skin, with your voice? I don't know. What's going on with you? No, no. I've just been watching memes online. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the joy in your eyes. It's the joy of memes. I understand that. It's true. Memes fill me with enormous joy. Yeah. Yeah, I love memes. Every incarnation of them, I, I love them both from the ancient ones, from the 90s oh, yeah. to the yeah. modern ones to the ones in 2023, 20, 24, uh, to the ones from the 2000s. I just love all the memes. Okay, so I didn't drop into the meme game until the Bush administration, but boy, oh boy, mm. was I a passionate consumer of memes. Were you around for Ken Has Cheeseburger? Oh yes, that was my first meme. Yeah, I think that was mine too. Yeah, yeah. has cheeseburger.com. They had like a couple of other mm -hmm. things beneath the fold too. Oh yeah. Yeah, that whole side of the internet exquisite like before social media you had to go to websites to have memes aggregated yeah and they were great but you couldn't find them anywhere else you had to go to specific sites like can has cheeseburger where you would just see a bunch of different memes compiled including the can has cheeseburger cat which we we know now as like ancient meme history but it was fire when it came out oh yeah like yeah. we're like this cat he wants a cheeseburger this is amazing oh, look man. at this silly cat he can't speak english correctly but he is speaking it, so that's very impressive. Right? <laughs> he I wants people food. I believe that's the predecessor. The can has cheeseburger cat is the predecessor to all of those memes where we have animals saying things, but in like really bad English. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like the, the doge that doesn't understand things or like the, or the doge that bonks people on the head and sends them to sexy jail. I think all of those come from the Canada's cheeseburger cat. I'm not as familiar with the dog memes. The, oh. So I don't know about Doge bonking people. Actually, even still today, I don't consume a lot of dog memes. There is right now running around a Shiba Inu meme. He is bobbing his head <laughs> to saxophone music, and oh, that's yeah. delightful. You mean that ding? Yeah, yeah, that one I was first exposed to, that song at least, was from the dancing squirtle with the with the saxophone and the sunglasses, a very cool looking squirtle. Oh yeah, probably yeah. the coolest squirtle at school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, meme history is just really interesting to me. I mean, you go back and you have not only the can has cheeseburger cat, mm -hmm. but you have the dancing hamster. Remember the hamster dance? Remember oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember the flash animation memes? Yes. I lived in flash animation memes. In fact, I made some of my own flash animations during that time. I was so into them. I lived and breathed on Newgrounds. I remember like all of them, like not just the memes, but the, what I would call flash animation fan fiction of mm -hmm. all of the different properties that were out there. Dragon Ball Z fan fiction in flash animation form. Oh, that makes Sonic, total sense. Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction in flash animation form. There was a lot of overlap between those two, honestly. And just... There was so many of these these video game characters that were put into these like flash animation fan fiction versions of themselves, mm -hmm. but it basically their their final form of all of these these cartoons or these video game characters is that they all end up as Dragon Ball Z characters in their final final form. Right. Like, okay. 
these insanely well put together battles by someone who just made a flash animation about it. I loved it. I was a huge fan. Oh yeah, yeah. I love I love fan created art. Like that that was definitely a huge window into the internet for me because yeah. I was a huge huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I was like I have to know more. And naturally the internet was like please enjoy these fan sites and I got deep. I got deep in. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I was writing I was writing fan fiction at like age 8. Yeah on all of these sites that weren't findable via search engine, they had sort of link circles. Like there was a webmaster circle where everyone put banner links to to other websites yeah. in their, their link section. And they were all part of this club. The web rings. I remember The web that. rings, yeah. Absolutely. And that's how you found things back in the day. It wasn't, all right, we're here on Instagram. Follow this particular person that who's also on Instagram or this other person who's on Twitter or LinkedIn. It was go to this other geocities created mm -hmm. site oh, where you Geo will find my friends who live on on geocities oh yeah geocities and angel fire oh my gosh was there anything better was there any greater indication of your success in life than the existence of an angel fire website with like flaming gifts no that's how you knew you made it yeah that that's that's what i thought in middle school You're i was like Golly gee willikers. You got, an, you got an Angel City site with flaming gifts <laughs> and music Cities. in the background. Is it? No, it's, a it's Angel, Angel Fire. Fire and GeoCities. You've got an Angel Fire or GeoCities site with like flames in the background and it's got your own personal music. And then it has like little sparkly letters behind it saying, welcome to my page. Oh, yeah. Man, that was that was the time. And like really pixelated, like 200 kilobyte JPEGs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like 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 you pulled it out of your grandma's trunk. It was just so so poor, terrible, terrible quality, but it was just so fun. Oh, with a MIDI playing in the background. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, MIDI's. Yeah, because yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't have a whole song. That, no. that would be madness. Songs were we too were big. We were on dial-up. Oh man, I spent a lot of time on a site called OverclockRemix.org, mm. which specifically compiled tons of fan-made MIDI's. Tons of Ooh. them. Again, it was like they took video games. And they made remixes of those songs. They made them more intense or they made them more relaxed or chill. They just took them and they put a spin on it. It was like fan fiction for video game music. And I was obsessed with that side, but it was all midis. None of it was an MP3. It was all just like 8-bit sound, 8-bit versions of, of games. Even once those games had trans had transcended 8-bit sound, I mean, this was even into the era of PlayStation and Nintendo 64 when they had better sound than that, mm -hmm. but it was a style and it was great. It was a style and it was a very compact file. Yeah, yeah, it was. You could have a bunch of them on your page. And then later on, MySpace co-opted that when you could have your own, I think MySpace came out in what, 2000 something, 2000-ish? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I showed up on MySpace in like 2003. Yeah. That was the first I'd heard of it. But MySpace really felt like the evolution of those of those GeoCities sites where you could customize the background. It had your own song playing as soon mm -hmm. as someone popped onto oh, it. Oh, dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doing basic HTML oh, and like my gosh, yeah. CSS, cascading style sheets just to like make it look all pretty and personalized. That was legit. Dude, that we, was another way that you knew that you had made it. Dude, we all Because you had James Blunt on your MySpace landing page. <laughs> right? And you had bulletins on the left-hand side of your, your dashboard <laughs> from, like, your friends. And, like, you could post and answer these surveys. 
Yeah. Oh, it was great, man. And you kind of felt like you were a hacker, you know, because, oh, well, I know how yeah. to alter the HTML and the CSS scripts on my on my site. Oh, I'm so good at coding. I'm a hacker now. I mean, to be fair, millennials who did grow up in this environment yeah. are better at the back end of the internet oh, yeah. than like Gen Z who grew up in the corporatized internet yeah. where they could just plug and play everything. There are WYSIWYGs, which is a website editor that allows you to just like drag and drop elements onto the page. So oh, they yeah. don't, they, they never lived in, in the world where they actually had to draw rectangles around words. Right. Like we did. <laughs> I know the kids today, the kids today, they're spoiled with their WYSIWYGs. Oh, they're, I wouldn't what you say see spoiled. Is... I would say that they lost out on a golden <laughs> opportunity to web design when their brains were young and squishy enough that it just like hoovered all the information oh no i definitely don't think they're spoiled i was just going to call out what WYSIWYG is yeah they, uh -huh. they they had access to all of these WYSIWYGs, aka what you see is what you get so what mm -hmm. you put on it into the website is actually what you get you don't have to yeah what you code see when you preview yeah and you know you're right they did miss out on learning that element of code laura going back a little further do yes. you remember the apple computers where you had to actually use like dos you had to use like MS-DOS to get through things? Or is you that know I do, Stephen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stephen, I was born mm -hmm. and raised in Silicon Valley. I have had a computer in my house for as long as I have been aware of existence. Oh, my gosh. That was the best. I mean, it wasn't the best. It's much better now that you can just point and click. But I, I remember guess. I remember the time when you had to talk to a computer like it was a computer. There was no, There was no mouse interface. You had to just like type into it and say... CD this, change directory this. Mm -hmm. Okay, show me dr dir slash w. Show me the directory. Okay, run blank blank blank, and then you would run it. You could play a game. Yeah. And because I was highly motivated by playing games, I figured out very quickly how to use these ancient these ancient pieces of technology. Oh yeah, great. yeah. I remember there was a a program called Prodigy that had choose your own adventure stories, I love and that's those. yeah, that's what I was rolling with at age five and six. Oh, I love those. I loved them too. It was before Netscape. It was before AOL. It was when the internet existed, but it was still kind of a a dispersed collection of computers that were all talking to yeah. each other. Like it, it was no longer military technology, but it was not not personal computing technology yet. It was just out of the academic sphere. Yeah. And so, yeah, it took a little bit of elbow grease to figure out how to do it. It wasn't really UX friendly no there was time. ux had nothing to do with ux did not exist no and i'm for digital products and to be fair i'm so glad ux does exist today because ux opened up way more of the population's ability to interact with computers because now literally yeah. anyone can have a mouse point and click open a thing navigate a website and it's beautiful you know there were some things i didn't know how to do on oh, those absolutely. ancient on those ancient computers, but you did learn some valuable skill sets, didn't you? Oh, you learned some valuable skill sets. And also if you're the sort of person who likes to solve puzzles, like early computer technology was iconic yes. because you're like, I must unearth it. You, you felt very much like Indiana Jones, yeah. <laughs> like going through a bunch of gunk to find what you wanted oh, and encountering snakes. Yeah, much like the LimeWire time when you had to download music. I never did that. You never did that. You were smarter than most because... I'm I'm an inherently suspicious person. As you should be, especially on the internet. Yeah. 
So you never got all the viruses from the, the no. LimeWire downloads part of or it the has Napster to, downloads? Part of it has to do that with the fact that I'm actually a late adopter of music mm. technology. Mm. So I didn't even get an iPod, which are defunct now, but I didn't even get an iPod until 2009. Oh, really? Yeah, because I never wanted one. It was actually gifted to me by a family member. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And I still didn't really use yeah. it very often until I got like a smartphone. And then... All of the integrated functions made perfect sense. But the idea of just wandering around with 5,000 songs in my pocket didn't didn't make a lot of sense mm. to me because I had a car with a radio and I was like, this is fine. Like, what do I need this for? I got all these songs right here. Yeah, but that... I've got 50 songs. Why do, why do we need 1,000? Yeah, but, but that's just an indication of how, how you use technology. I was very much a text consumer mm. of the internet. I, yeah, I still were. love silent media consumption. So images rather than videos text rather than sound but if i'm in the privacy of my own home i i do listen to music and podcasts pretty habitually mm. but out in the world which was where i was pre-covid <laughs> um, out in the world i was like i must be quiet <laughs> i must wander around silently like a ninja oh laura i gotta Why? tell you just because you missed out on quite an experience mm. with the lime wires and the napster downloads you never had the experience of having to reformat your entire computer because you downloaded a virus. Okay, so I actually, I bring it, if I had to guess, there is a foundational core memory around downloading stuff from the internet that prevented me from wanting to download stuff from the internet ever. Oh, what happened? And I will tell you this story. It's it's actually still about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. So the season three finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah was not shown immediately on CW or UPN, I think was what it was beforehand. Loved UPN. Please go on. Yes. Loved UPN as well. So the reason that it wasn't shown was because it showed extreme violence at a school and Columbine uh, had just happened. Yeah. A bunch of violence at high schools, which is what Buffy the Vampire Slayer did show because she was in high school and violence was sort of the slaying vampires, aspect. Vampires all around. Yeah. Anyway, you couldn't get access to it except on the internet. And uh, on the internet, this episode was like a 98 megabyte file. And I was like, excellent. I will download this so that I can see the final episode of my very favorite show, Buffy uh -oh. the Vampire Slayer. Uh-oh. It took like 23 hours. To download a 98 megabyte file? Yes. That's hilarious. And in retrospect. It was very, we had very good internet. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the line internet, 98 megabytes, multiple hours. My a gosh. whole day. And so I experienced that and I was like, wonderful. I would only do this for my favorite show in the world, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so when LimeWire showed up, I was like, oh, I can download more things from the internet. How delightful. I can't wait. <laughs> well, it was a lot quicker when it wasn't a show, when it was just a music file. I was too, I was too small to distinguish between the file sizes. My brain was just like, it takes a really long time to download things off the internet read only which is totally fair honestly you didn't miss out because i've had so many viruses on my computer mm -hmm. so many problems with my computer because i downloaded something that i shouldn't have at a young age i didn't know about i didn't know about those things i didn't know mm -hmm. that it was going to be a problem so i did had viruses on my computer had to learn how d-virus working how antivirus software works which was another fun learning experience oh yes uh, but one thing that i am sad you missed out on was accidentally downloading something that is almost like the thing that you wanted to download mm -hmm. but not quite 
mm. like the Sanic to the Sonic. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Like, it's sort of like Sonic, but it's like bad Sonic. So as an example, um, I downloaded Spider-Man 1 or 2 or something um, way, way back in the day, like 20 years ago. And it it was clear that it was being shot on a camcorder uh-huh. in a movie theater. And I'm yes. like, okay, what's going on? What What is happening here? And like, you could hear people talking and you could see the guy, guy kind of shifting around. And at a certain point, about two thirds through the movie, he hear, you hear all this noise to his right. And he just quickly, you know, grabs the, the camera, puts it in his bag and walks out all while the camera is filming. So I never got to see the end of that movie. But I got gorgeous. To, but I got a chance to experience that crazy journey through this guy who's clearly like illegally copying this movie yeah. and watching it happen in live. So yeah, the one thing I never found, which was like, I've heard a lot of people have gotten this though, where they they download something that is like a slightly different version of a movie. It's like a, a bootleg version with like actors who are speaking the wrong language and you're like wait a second what this isn't spider-man this is spodermern <laughs> so spodermern this is the indian version what the heck uh uh-huh. bollywood spoderman <laughs> bollywood Spider-Man. which by the way i would absolutely wa- can you imagine a bollywood spider-man i would watch the heck out of bollywood spider-man oh my gosh bollywood i feel like you've already fulfilled this his his costume would be so shiny so shiny I think he'd have long hair like Spider-Man and into the and across the Spider-Verse. Oh, like totally, Indian totally. Spider-Man. But there would be so many dances. So many dances. Oh my gosh. And the possibilities with his uh, his uh his superpowers yeah. to modify the dances in remarkable ways. Oh yeah. He would just be swinging from, from like roof to roof while he was dancing. Like it would just be something like the twirls, the mm. jumps. The sparkles, it would be phenomenal. Honestly, I could do a Bollywood version of just about anything. Robocop, Bollywood, bring it. Dystopian Bollywood would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like the styles would clash in probably the most delicious way. Yeah. Dude, I actually saw this one Bollywood movie, which was kind of like Bollywood Robocop. I still Mm -hmm. don't know its name, but there's this guy who's... He's fighting people on a train and it's clear that he's a cyborg or like a robot because he's able to like do these crazy feats and his arms extend and whatnot. At a certain point, he gets thrown off of the train and he says, no problem. And at that point, wheels pop out of the bottom of his feet, Mm -hmm. rockets come out of his back and he just shoots his way to the back of the train, jumps on and finishes the fight. I'm like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. This is art. Yeah. And it was IRL, like it was it was a real life production with CGI. It wasn't a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It was it was art. It was art. I could see more of that. Oh but. yeah, yeah. Some things are imitation, but sometimes an imitation is done so ingeniously it becomes independently art. Yeah, and that's what you've described. <laughs> right. No, but like Bollywood, Bollywood apocalyptic films. I mean, like. Mad Max Fury Road, but Bollywood style. I feel like George Miller does create Bollywood style Western films, though. Oh, 100%. He's got so much style and class and just shine and glitz and glitter in his movies. They're he likes so, his concepts high. They are so high concept and so explosive. Yeah, they are kind of like Western Bollywood films, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a flamboyance, not necessarily in every form of uh, Western cinema, but a flamboyance in stylized western cinema that that sometimes touches the brilliance of bollywood (laughs) (laughs) oh it's true it's true like uh, again like mad max fury road that was just a beautiful beautiful film and so 
visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Like all Are you are you excited for Furiosa? I'm so excited for Furiosa. Good, you should be. So excited. I forget who's starting. Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy's Furiosa. Yes. That's gonna be hot. That's gonna be great. Yeah, that's that's gonna be big eyes, yeah. pale skin, fury. Yeah, just full of fury. She does a very good angry face, just mm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited for it. Yeah. Her her default rage is extremely appealing to me as an audience member. Yeah, she does have like a cold rage within her in her neutral face. Just, mm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset about what? I'm, I'm upset and determined. Upset, determined, and I will mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic. We uh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I... But yeah. I was just going to say, it's been lovely discussing the ancient internet with you. It has been. I feel like we opened up an old box that was covered with dust that is filled with old ancient artifacts from the yeah. internet. Nostalgia bait for our lovely millennial listeners. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's it. Why don't we, why don't we call it a day? Laura, it's been lovely chatting with you. And dear listeners, thank you for taking the time. And if you enjoyed hearing some nostalgia bait, some ancient internet nostalgia, let us know. And look forward to catching y'all on the next one. Yeah, have a great one. Bye. Bye. This has been Steven. And Laura. Thanks for tuning into Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all the things on our mind. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and jump into the conversation in our polls and Q&As. We would love to hear from you. Catch you next lunch break.